Next on BYU Sports Nation, an undrafted rookie out of BYU starting for an NFL team in year one. Why that's not a stretch. Forget undrafted. What about the last two draft picks out of BYU? The latest from Ziggy Ansah and Kyle Van Noy at Detroit Lions camp. Plus, where does Taysom Hill fit in ESPN's top 100 college football players? And how you decide the greatest play of BYU football independence. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Monday, August 3rd, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who once again has purpose in life. Brian Logan, it's football time, yes, Brian. Yes, so excited. I'm so I can't wait, man. I was watching some of the NFL camps uh, previews and and yesterday, and just getting goosebumps, man. I, I can't wait. This is what I live for, right here. Like I said, you have purpose again <laughs> until the day after the Super Bowl, yeah. and then you go back into hiding. Then, yeah, then I just get bored <laughs> with my life. I had something really funny happen over the weekend. Uh, so I, I went to Skylar Halford's wedding reception. Apparently it's that time of year for all BYU basketball players who just graduated to get married. Tyler mm-hmm. Haas, Skylar Halford both got married in last week. Go to the reception, and uh, Skylar's dad grabs me and says, Hey, I know Dave Rose is here. I know Kyle Collinsworth is here. But I have a guy, a little kid, who is, who is more excited to meet you, Spencer, Ooh-wee. than those guys. And I was like... Okay, where's okay. the joke, right? He's like, no, 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 serious. So a shout-out to Nathan Smith, my buddy Nathan. Okay, Nate. Who made me feel like a rock star for the one <laughs> and only time in my entire life. Okay, Spence, I see you <laughs> getting the celebrity status up. Again, I, I've enjoyed my pinnacle moment in life as a broadcaster. Hey, man. You Thanks, know what? Nathan. You know what? I would, I would consider you a celebrity Stop and, it. and a star. I would, man. Stop you it. Know, you and, and Jerem, for sure. When you think about BYU Sports Nation, that's, you think about you two. Are so, you sure about you that, know, Brian? Yeah, yeah. Look at the month of August. Are you sure you want to continue with that statement? Oh, yeah. Are you talking about my takeover? I will be here <laughs> for like three, two weeks straight. Two weeks straight, ladies and gentlemen. Much, I'm here. Pretty much. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Paul Lasique highlighted in a recent article from 247 Sports, part of the CBS Sports Company. Paul projected that he will make the roster for the Arizona Cardinals. We'll give you the details into that in just a minute. Some, quite frankly, shocking things. In, in that little tidbit from 247 Sports. I like his chances. BYU Sports Nation is releasing an online contest to determine the top football play of the independent era. Four years of independence. More details coming up soon in about 30 minutes. Do not change the dial, ladies and gentlemen. You'll want to hear the details. What's the greatest play in four years of independence? It's it's a fun conversation. It is. ESPN just released their projections for the top 100 players in college football. BYU quarterback Taysom Hill voted 81st. He's in a tie for what? 81st. Is Taysom Hill what? only the 81st best college football player in Conspiracy. 2015? I, I, I'm hoping that they – I would at least say top 50. I'm, I'm hoping that they're putting. I think they're look, putting a lot on the injury. Yes, 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 yes. You said it. You said it. I, you have you have to because any, anybody that is 
surrounded in Heisman talk, you can't be 81st. How can he be 50 to 1 odds? How can he be 50 to 1 odds to win the Heisman and he's the 81st yeah, best player in college it's football? The, it's the injury, really not knowing what's, what's going to happen, how he's going to overcome that. Uh, in the minor leagues, former Cougar Adam Law hit one for three with a stolen base, a run, and an RBI in a 4-3 Tulsa Drillers loss against the Arkansas Travelers yesterday. With that Did said, a little bit of work. Rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Undrafted, yet undaunted. Six different former BYU football players find themselves fighting an uphill battle in NFL camps this week and over the next month. Undrafted, perhaps they feel overlooked, underappreciated, but very much in the midst of a mad scramble to get noticed by their coaches and make that 53-man roster. Of those six BYU players signing contracts just recently but undrafted, the 247 Sports website under the CBS umbrella believes one of the Cougars won't just make the roster, Brian, but has a great chance to start? Mm-hmm. To quote the article tweeted out to their almost 70,000 followers, Paul Asike, one of only two fullbacks on the Cardinals' current roster, the BYU product has a very good chance to play significant time his rookie season as a starter in the Cardinals' offense. And I continue. What makes Lasike even more unique is the fact he was not drafted by the Cardinals or any other team. A 5'11", 235-pound fullback is ideal size in the NFL. At a dying position, Lasike could be utilized as a lead blocker. And then this to end. Expect Paul Lasike to get a lot of playing time in 2015, end quote. Interesting. Very interesting and exciting. How does an undrafted free agent who didn't even play football until like five years ago that's the crazy part, man, of it all. Find his way to a starting position, potentially, this season. I mean, is, is that crazy talk? I read, it, I read it a couple of times, and I was like, okay, I understand the logistics of it. There are only two fullbacks on the Cardinals roster. Yeah. But, but really? Yeah, there, I mean, that's, there's a little bit of that formula of, of, of luck and maybe some injuries occur and – and maybe certain situations that you're in, but he's obviously in a good one with only competing with one other guy. Now, Paul responded to this when it kind of blew up, I believe, on Friday night or Saturday morning and said, not easy, but doable. Right. So he saw it, and that's a shot in the arm for your confidence, right? Well, we talked to Paul just a little while ago about his chances, not not to make the roster per se, but just to get on the practice yeah. squad. Here's what he said. I think I have a great show, man. And and my position right now, there's there's only uh, me and then their starting fullback from last year. They only keep one. It sounds easy, you know, like it's a 50-50, but, I mean, obviously I'm going to have to work my tail off to make the, the 53 or the 10-man practice squad. Okay. So Paul has a realistic outlook on what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if they only keep one fullback... How much do you put into what was said by 247 Sports? I put a lot into it. Uh, when you look at how they discussed uh, his size, they, they talked about um, how it's a dying position and it's, it's really a position that this offense wants to, to utilize. Uh, and you look at what he can bring to the table special teams-wise, I mean, that, that holds a lot of value. I got a guy 
that I can sign as an undrafted uh, free agent. I don't have to pay him a lot of money, and he can play multiple positions and has the body type to do so. I mean, that's the that's the most ideal situation that any offense could have. Uh, and so that right then and there allows me to believe that this <laughs> nice, nice, this article isn't just blowing smoke, man. He has a really good chance of starting. Not even just not even just making the team a practice roster. Starting. Why would they only keep one fullback? That's my next question. Perhaps that's something we can ask to uh, the Cardinals when that time comes around. Um, but for now, let's ask you today's Twitter question. Which BYU undrafted rookie is your underdog pick to make a 53-man NFL roster in 2015? Okay, let's preface this with Paul Lasique. Does he count as an underdog right now after that article? No. Doesn't he become the front runner to make to make a team out of all the six guys that were picked up and undrafted this year? Yes. Okay, so other than Paul CK, and I don't know, maybe we should call Paul still the underdog role. But with him being projected to potentially make a start at some point, I don't know, of the, of the other five, and let's run through the list really quickly. Rob Daniel, cornerback with the Oakland Raiders. Devin Mahina, tight end, Washington Redskins. Jordan Leslie, receiver, the Minnesota Vikings. Alani Fua, linebacker, also with the Cardinals. My boy! And DeAndre Wesley, an offensive lineman for the Baltimore Ravens. So those are the other five. But who is your underdog? Brian, who's, if it's not Paul Asike and you are taking him off that underdog category, yeah. who's your guy? He's definitely not an underdog anymore. He, and even if he doesn't start, he, I, I can almost guarantee he will at least make the practice roster. That's the le- That's the worst thing that could happen. He I'd makes be, I, no, I'd the be practice shocked. roster. Right. I, I agree 100%. I think that Paul's... The, the worst-case scenario yeah. is him getting on the practice that, squad. That is. So th- another guy that I think is that can make a, a roster is Rob Whoa. Daniel. Whoa. What about Jordan Leslie? I love me some Rob. Only because he came from a junior college, played <laughs> corner here, uh, and, and his skill set and his ability really fits with the Oakland Raiders and a man defense. I, I don't think that – uh, his skill set, as far as his man principles and technique, really uh, carried over to, to BYU. He did a great job, and Coach Howell did a great job with him. He he, he made some really great plays. Uh, but at the end of the day, being in a man defense really helps him. And check this out. The Raiders understand going into this year that, hey, our secondary is the worst uh, position for us on the defensive side. And they're, they're young. But our strategy is to save cap room and not to pay and bring in veterans that guys like Darrell Revis, who we got to pay millions and millions of dollars. Let's leave some cap room for our front seven. So that's what they did, and they have a great front seven, get some pressure on 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 the quarterback. But the, but the but they're really relying on a young group. So when you look at uh, the, the corners that are in camp for the Raiders right now, there's nine corners total, and there's six. That are going to stay on that ro- on that fifty three man roster. So, so why is Rob one of those six? So th- the reason why is this: out of the four, uh, f- out of the four of the six projected starters, these are the projected starters. Rob isn't in the projecting, uh, isn't one of those projected starters. But out of the four that are projected, uh, there are two that are undrafted: one from last year, one from this year, and then there are uh, th- there's four total that are drafted. 
one from this year, one from last year, and then two from 2013. So these guys are young. They are they brought in an undrafted free agent, and they, they, he, he's projected to start. He, Rob is an undrafted free agent, and and and, and can have an opportunity because the Raiders know. Okay, this is what we want. I don't care if you're undrafted. I don't care if if you don't have the experience or the or, or whatever the case is. I'm looking for you to come in and, and play right now. You you will be young. That's why I think he has a good chance. I think Rob Daniel has speed, but I just don't see it. I don't. I don't speed. See it. He's strong. He looks like the Hulk. Yeah. Well, when you see him with his Rob shirt Rob Daniel's going to play in the CFL. Those. Those intangibles right there are, are great for a man defense. Anytime he was in man type of coverage at BYU, he did phenomenal. Anytime he was in zone, mm, not so good. Rob Daniels is going to play in the CFL. Mark it, mark it down. He will play in the CFL because he loves football. And I just don't, I don't know. I just At least don't, practice pressure. Who's your I, guy? I hope you're right. I just don't see it. I don't see it. My guy, I want so badly to say Jordan Leslie. The things that are coming out and I'm reading now are the odds are stacked more and more against Jordan in Minnesota. Just because of things that the Vikings have done, they've signed more receivers than than we anticipated. There are 11 guys right now, and this is a team that traditionally does not keep a lot of receivers on the roster. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe Jordan uses that as fodder, but he's one of five guys competing for the final spot. If and that is if they decide to keep six receivers, he's mm. one of five guys competing for a sixth wide receiver spot, and all signs point to the Vikings only keeping five special teams. So is he battling for a spot that doesn't exist? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Special teams. I man. don't know. I'll say this about Jordan: be shocked to not see him on a practice squad somewhere at some point, just because he's got that. He's he's a little bit crazy about perfecting the craft. Yeah. He's yeah. he's a little and that is He's determined. Yeah, exactly, the determination. So it's for me, for me, Devin Mahina has the best shot other than Paul Lasique to make a 53 man roster at some point this season. I think Devin's going to make a practice squad and it's going to be with the Redskins. I agree with you on that. I think one. he will make the Redskins practice squad. Injuries will happen, and at some point, a la Spencer Hadley last year, Devin gets put on that 53-man roster late in the season, plays a game or two, and his NFL career is off and running. I see. I, he's got the body. Yeah. He created a lot of hype for himself, getting invited to the Senior Bowl, playing in those All-Star games, and he's making some noise in camp. Ooh, we'll Three. see who strikes first. Okay. Defense I, wins championships, baby. I like Devin Mahina with the Washington Redskins to at least make the practice squad and see the field at some point because of the body, the body type. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's an interesting question. Now, keep in mind our stat of the day when you consider this. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Two. Last year, two BYU undrafted rookies made 53-man NFL rosters. Mm. Daniel Sorensen with the Kansas City Chiefs played nine games. And Spencer Hadley with the Oakland Raiders. Spencer played the final two games of the season. We're thinking three. Paul almost guaranteed. Paul's in. I don't think it's going to be three, Brian. I don't think it's going to be three. Okay, okay, Robert Devin. Uh Uh-oh. I I think it's going to be two along with Paul Seeker. There will be somebody else to get signed to a practice squad. Okay, okay. I don't know if anybody besides Paul will see the field. Right. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. 
Which undrafted rookie is your underdog pick to make a 53-man NFL roster in 2015 at BYU to NFL? Perfect uh, <laughs> Twitter handle for this. <laughs> I see Jay Les and Rob Daniel making the team. Hopefully they all do. Boom. There you go. There's a vote for Rob Daniel. At Matthew W. Evans, Lasique, he's built for the NFL, and depth chart at Arizona is opening up nicely. What about the actual draft picks? We're with the Lions Insider in just a bit. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation using the hashtag BYUSN while you tweet. It's August, and that means fall camp is finally around the corner. Don't miss our annual BYU Sports Nation fall camp preview this Friday. We'll break down everything that you need to know about the Cougars before they start camp. Like, what is their favorite food, (laughs) fruit snacks, whatever. Brian, you're supposed to promote the show. Whatever. I'm just. You're supposed to tease the show. I I was just, you know, because I'm not on the show, so I'm just. (laughs) This is my time to shine. You know, this is a. We want people to watch. This is a Logan takeover. So we want people to listen to this. If you want to know what Taysom Hill's favorite soda to drink, tune in on Friday. No, we want people to actually (laughs) listen to this and watch. So thanks for nothing right there. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) I try. Our Twitter question. Which BYU undrafted rookie is your underdog pick to make a 53-man NFL roster in 2015? 247 Sports has already dubbed Paul Lasique a potential starter. So does he count as an underdog if he's one of only two no, fullbacks in that count. camp? Nope. So it has to come from one of the other five? I don't know. You decide. That crazy kook fanatic says, due to personal bias, I'm going for Devin Mahina. Mahina with mm, the Washington okay. Redskins. Okay, you got one. You got a vote. I'm seeing Rob Daniel too. Is it, I don't there, I don't know. It's a crapshoot, really. Of the other five, man, it's just it just depends so much on injuries and who stays healthy and. There's a lot of that uh, that plays into it. Yeah. Which BYU undrafted free rookie or rookie free agent is the guy? Let's ask that question to our first guest of the day, Blaine Fowler. Blaine, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, man. What's going on? I'm so excited that my nephew is on the show with you, Spencer. That's cool. Uncle B, I'm, uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to, to hear your voice. And, you know, it's always good to interview family. You know, it's just, it, it takes the show to a whole nother level. I want to know if my nephew's been working now so that we can, because I want those arms to be looking good by the time we, you know, we start our after further review. So right now, this week. looks really good. It looks like I just popped open a can of spinach. And 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 took some because you could look at my bicep, right? It looked like Popeye. You see that? Nice. You can't see it. We'll That's tweet, what I'm talking. About. I'll tweet you a picture so you can see that. Okay, I just I just finished working out with my boys. I got everybody home this week, and so my son-in-law is Dallas Lloyd, who's got a good chance to start at strong safety for Stanford this year. I just ran he and Gavin. Gavin, as you guys know, rehabbing from ACL injury that he did in the last day of spring ball at BYU. So I ran them both through some serious circuit training this morning. And nice. we all got a good pump. So I was thinking, man, I wonder if my nephew B. Logan is, you know, on the show and if he's keeping pace with it. That's I'm, important to me. I'm, I'm re- Blaine, I'm ready. I'm ready for the slim fit suits. Countdown to kickoff. We'll see. Oh we'll, we'll have the bicep show come yeah. first game for Nebraska. Okay, time That's out. What I'm talking. Time out. <laughs> it's, That's what I'm talking about. It's time to put on the psychological circuit training here. Okay, just slow your roll with the biceps, Brian. And Blaine, let's let's get to today's Twitter question. 
This is an in- this is an intriguing topic because of what was said about Paul Asike over the weekend. But Blaine, who is your guy as an underdog out of the six undrafted free agent BYU rookies to make an NFL roster this season? Well, and if you're saying Paul Asike is not an underdog, I think he still is just because he's so young to the game of football. But I don't know that he's an underdog because I think that he's almost a shoe in because they're going to look at him and they're going to say. Boy, he hasn't played football that long. Not only is he good right now, and not only does he bring a physical presence to an offense that likes to use a fullback, but his upside potential is outstanding. And sometimes with rookies, that's as important as anything else. And so so, so let's just say this a given that Paul Lasique has a great, great shot, and we won't call him an underdog. And so my, my number two after Paul then would have to be Jordan Leslie. I, I think that Jordan – the, the way that he meticulously pays attention to all the little things, I think, is going to impress people. And uh, he's going to have an opportunity to show that he can be a, an unbelievable route runner, um, and he can get open. And I love the fact that he's got some of the best hands that I've seen in a long, long time. And I think that that's going to get him on a roster before it's all said and done. Uncle B, let's fast forward to next year, 2016. There's a few players that we have been talking about, like Taysom and maybe Mitch and, and Bronson Kafusi as far as getting drafted. How many BYU players do you think will be drafted next season? This is a hard thing, you guys, because when I start thinking about NFL bodies and NFL potential, and, and I think through who's playing at BYU, I come up with almost all underclassmen, which is great. Hmm. That's a good thing for BYU. When you, when you look at the 2016 schedule and how crazy that is, then you're happy about that. But I think next year, you mentioned, I think there's maybe three or four that will get drafted next year as all. Bronson Kofusi, wow. Taysom Hill, um, Mitch Matthews has a chance, depending on how Jamal comes back from that injury, possibility. Um, maybe one of the senior linemen. But, but the NFL picks are younger players for BYU. Let's, let's think, about, think about the guys with NFL bodies. I think Kyle Johnson is going to be a really good NFL lineman. He, mm-hmm. He's an underclassman. Yep. What about Travis Tuiloma? I think he can play. Underclassman, Sione Takitaki, underclassman, Fred Warner, underclassman, Harvey Lange, underclassman. And, and then you look in the secondary, Mike Davis can run well enough, maybe Jordan Prater, I don't know. And, and I think the real dark horse that before he's all said and done may be able to play safety in the NFL is Micah Hanneman. And so, so all of those guys are underclassmen that I just mentioned. And they all, to me, as I look at them, I go, NFL bodies, NFL speed, but they're underclassmen. And so – so I think BYU's draft class grows in the next couple of years, and next year you still got a lot of young guys on that roster that are the most talented guys, but won't be won't be coming out next year. College football and BYU insider, national champion quarterback Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation, talking about undrafted free agents. Who's the underdog pick? He says it's Jordan Leslie. Now we look even more closely at this year's actual BYU team that they'll put on the field in under five weeks, Blaine. But before they get underway with game number one, all of the preseason projections come out. ESPN just listed Taysom Hill 81st in their top 100 college football players. Your reaction to Taysom being listed at number 81 in the 100 best college football players, according to ESPN? See, that that's simply a product of out of sight, out of mind. And so we wasn't on the field at the end of the year last year. Remember he caught the imagination of the entire country just a couple of games into the season. Yep. He has the chance to do that again with the schedule they play. 
with this schedule in September, if he goes out and dominates the way he did, all of a sudden he's right up in the top ten guys in the country. Just bam, overnight, just like that. Because he's going to play against NFL-caliber defenses you know, with, with players, not NFL-caliber as a whole defense, but with players that have NFL talent. And if he can make them look silly the way he made people look silly when he was healthy, all of a sudden everybody's going, oh, my goodness, this guy is back. He's ridiculous. He's the most athletic guy on the field in every game he's in. If those kinds of things start to be talked about again, all of a sudden he's launched right back into the public eye. So it doesn't surprise me that he's way down the list because that's how people are. If you're not out there and you're not playing, you're not producing, they forget about you really fast. But, but just like that, you can get back into the national conscience if, if you play well in those first four games. Uncle B, I'm going to throw you a real juicy question right here. Speaking of Heisman in 2015, would you rather Taysom Hill win the Heisman or BYU go to a New Year's Six game? Oh, geez, go to a New Year's Six game. Not even close. What? That's an easy one. Really? Come on. Who? You know what? And here's the thing. Those two would kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, true. Because if BYU comes out of um, September 3-1 and or 4-0, and and now they're in that talk about a New Year's Six, and then they go on a big run, they beat Missouri, and they play – what I think is going to be a tough game toward the end of the year at Utah State. Oh, yeah. If they do that, then they're going to be talking about Taysom Hill as a Heisman Trophy candidate because BYU is going to come out of nowhere, and he's going to be the guy that's going to be triggering that. So those two things go hand in hand. And, and I think, first, they have to be great as a team for them to be talking about that with Taysom. So, so they kind of go together. But if I'm picking, I want him in the New Year's Six because I want that program back in the national spotlight. Um, and if they are, oh, he'll be talked about all he needs to. The problem is, for him to win a Heisman this year, I, I mean, I look at the quarterbacks nationally that are coming back this year, and you know, quarterback is always a real visible position when we start talking Heisman. And you got Cordell Jones and Braxton Miller back at Ohio State. Cody Kessler's at USC, who should be top five. Dak Prescott's back at Mississippi State. Boykin's back at TCU. You know, Jared Goff at Cal's a tremendous quarterback. Connor Cook's back at Michigan State. I just start thinking around the country at the quarterbacks that are coming back that they're already talking about in the top 15. So it's hard to overcome that. If one of those guys has an amazing season, say Cody Kessler just goes off and USC's playing for a national championship, it, it's hard for, for him where he's coming from early in the season for Taysom to pass him by. Um, so if, if they just focus on getting to New Year's Six, then you know, who cares if Taysom wins the Heisman? If he ends up being in New York and sitting there in a seat, whether he gets that Heisman or not, it means that BYU's playing in the New Year's Six Bowl, and that would be tremendous. Okay, let's stay with the projection theme. And for me, I don't really care all that much about preseason rankings. I think it's fun. It gives the media something to talk about and, you know, a place to start for college football fans when they're wanting to, to garner interest in which games they should watch early in the season. But for BYU, they received less votes in the first poll then all three of their rivals, Boise State, Utah, and Utah State. How much stock do you place in BYU receiving less votes than all three of their rivals, Blaine? Yeah, I don't think that preseason really means much of anything other than you finished strong the year before. That's what it means because everybody's basing it on how you finished the year before and who they project is coming back. Um, you know, For Utah, Utah has an interesting case this year. I think it's the best team Kyle's had up on the hill since he's been in the Pac-12. But I also think 
that USC, UCLA are both significantly better this year than they were last year. And their crossover games are against a brutally tough teams. Oregon, they got to go play. Um, I don't think Oregon's as good as they've been, but they're still really, really they're tough. They're still so, Oregon. Yeah, so Utah, before it's all said and done, they may be better than they were last year and have a worse record when the season is over. And then Utah State, to me, isn't it always a given that Utah State, ever since Gary Anderson was there, that they're going to be good defensively? So people put a lot of stock in that. They play in a league where they don't have too many tough, difficult games. they got a couple a year. And if Chucky can stay healthy and beat Chucky, then all of a sudden that, that becomes a really good team that maybe can win 10 games this season. So I think the faith in Utah State is well-founded. I think Utah's better than they've been, but that's a tough one. They could be better and have a worse record. And nobody knows what to expect from BYU because you got – your top running back coming back from an injury, your Heisman Trophy candidate a year ago quarterback coming back from an injury, one of your top receivers and Nick Kurtz coming back from an injury. You're really young on the defensive side of the ball. So people don't know, and they don't watch them as closely as we do through spring ball to understand that from a talent perspective, this should be a really good team for BYU. I think offensively they're going to be significantly better than last year. And, heck, if they were just mediocre defensively last year, they would have won a couple more games. So if that defense can come together and be where they're supposed to be, and if Brian and I aren't talking in week 10 uh, after further review like we were last year about blown assignments defensively, then then this BYU team has a chance to overachieve what their preseason expectations are. And, And it is about that, huh, Brian? I mean, we were so frustrated watching film last year. We're only we're 10 weeks in. And guys are making the same mistakes on defensive oh, side yeah. of the ball. So, yeah. so if they can clean that up and be decent defensively, which I think they can, then this team is better than they were last year. Now, like Utah, the schedule is, is a lot tougher. They got to come out of if they can come out of September even two and two, then I think they're on a roll and they're gonna have a really really good season. If they come out of there three and one, then oh boy, let's let's we're in for a really really fun ride the rest of the season. BYU reports on Friday. They open fall camp practice on Saturday. We will see a lot of Blaine Fowler around as the Cougars gear up for game number one against Nebraska. Blaine, great stuff. Always nice to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. So, again, BYU, question mark after question mark after question mark, <laughs> right. as Blaine just brought up. Hey, what, what are they going to get? What are they yeah, going to get we, from we, from three different prominent guys? I didn't even think here. about Nick Nick Hurst's time this whole time. Yeah, he's about, been lost. T- yeah. talk about guys out of sight, out of mind. Forgot about that guy, I feel Nick bad. Hurts, fellow JC brethren. He was a guy that USC was super bummed about losing out on. And it was we BYU Oregon? has that guy. Up next, Detroit Lions insider Tim Twentyman shares his expertise on two Cougars in the NFL: Kyle Van Noy and Ziggy Ansah. Welcome back to the show. BYU Sports Nation continues in Radio Vision. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Spencer and Brian in Studio B. Get your hands on some BYU Sports Nation swag. Go to BYUstore.com and search BYU Sports Nation or Blue Goggles to get your own pair or a BYU SN t-shirt. Let's refresh today's BYU SN headlines. Paul Lasique highlighted in a recent article from 247 Sports. Projected not only to make the roster for the Arizona Cardinals, but has a good chance to start and play significant time as an undrafted free agent rookie. BYU Sports Nation is releasing an online contest to determine the top football play of the independent era. More details on that coming up in about 10 minutes here on the show. So please stay tuned. 
Joining us now is Tim Twentyman, insider and senior writer for the Detroit Lions, talking about Kyle Van Noy and Ziggy Ansah, a couple of guys that were drafted. Forget being undrafted. They were both drafted by the Lions. And, Tim, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, how are you guys doing, Spence, Brian? Fantastic. Let's start with Kyle Van Noy. I had a chance to talk to him. Uh, he's a big BYU basketball fan, so he was at some games, and you could sense the frustration that he was dealing with, uh, with the injury to his core muscle. That got repaired, but he never, he never felt like he got into the groove. So with his rookie season cut short by an injury, and after having surgery, what role do you see Kyle Van Noy playing for the Lions in 2015? Well, you know, I think it was important for, for Kyle to at least get back those eight games. You know, he was obviously on short-term IR and came back, and I think that was important for him. You know, he played through pain. He wasn't 100% when he did that. He didn't have to play in those games, but I think it's going to benefit him in the long run. You know, he, he, he got to see what NFL action is like, the speed of the game, what it takes to go on the road, prepare. I think all of those are going to be helpful for him going into year two. Now that he's healthy, now the physical part he can show, um, you know, he's going to have to battle to hear Whitehead, um, to hear stepped in and, and played the mic last year, and you know now that Stephen Tolick's back, he's in his more natural Sam spot uh, position. He played at Temple, and so you know Kyle's going to have to fight for that starting Sam spot. I, I think if he doesn't win that job, I think at the very least he's going to be kind of a sub package player. He'll come in on third downs. He spends half his time with the linebackers and half his time with the defensive line and individual drills. So you know he'll be that guy that can kind of get after the quarterback and be a sub package player. But right now it's really between him and hear Whitehead for that starting Sam spot. Tim, if, if Kyle does become a starter on this defense, do you think that he can solidify himself by the, the, the first game? You know, I think the, the one thing, you didn't see a lot of production with Kyle last year, and I, that was a little bit concerning to me. And I know he was playing through pain. He was a rookie. He missed half his year, and he was kind of going on the fly. But, um, you know, the thing, some of the things I want to see with him is can he get off blocks? Can he make plays? You know, he didn't stand out in the spring either way, good or bad. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. You know, you didn't see him get burned a lot, but you didn't see him make a lot of plays either. So I think the pressure's really on him. I think he has to establish himself in the preseason. I think, you know, having an interception here, causing a fumble, getting the quarterback, I think something like that could really spark him on and get him going. Um, You know, if he wins that starting spot, he's going to win it. Um, in the preseason, um, showing coaches that he's a playmaker. And so if he wins it, I think he can certainly establish himself, but he's got to do that in the preseason. Between OTAs and, and what's happened thus far, if anything at all, at Detroit Lions camp, I, I know your, your vision on Kyle has been limited, but what does he look like physically on the field? He's a beast. Yeah, I mean, he's just physically, you, you see why they loved him and why they moved up in the second round of the draft last year to get him. You know, their Sam spot is kind of that on the line of scrimmage, um, versatile linebacker who can rush, who can drop back, who can do a lot of different things, but plays on the line of scrimmage. And so with his size, um, you know, they obviously feel great about him rushing uh, the passer. And with his, you know, speed and, and still um, being able to be agile and, and, and being able to move at his size, they think he's a guy that can drop back and play in coverage and play that 10-yard open space. So, um, you know, physically, he's very, very gifted. Um, it's just, can he stay healthy? And, and can he kind of put together all those gifts in Terrell Austin's defense? And can they package him right and put him in the right spots to make plays? Tim, I saw an article that you had written uh, a few months back regarding Kyle's rotation at the Sam linebacker spot, at the Will linebacker spot. Is is there one position that the coaches 
feel that is is he's going to play or do they want to see him playing both sides and, and mixing up a bit? Well, I think they, they cross-train all their linebackers, um, the Will and the Sam, um, just for game situations, injuries, all that. They like their guys to be able to really play all three, if you include the Mike as well. But mm. there's a guy over there on that Will side, uh, DeAndre Levy, and he's a pretty good linebacker. He's about <laughs> to get paid. Uh, you know, and he's a Pro Bowl caliber type guy. And so I think he's really got that Will side locked down. Now, obviously, injuries happen in the league, but, but you know, DeAndre's proven himself to be very durable. He had 150 tackles. He led the league in solo tackles. He had six interceptions the year before. I could keep going on. He's a terrific, terrific player. And so I think if Kyle's going to see the field and if he's going to make a name for himself, it's going to be at that Sam spot. Tim Twentyman, senior writer for the Detroit Lions and insider with us on BYU Sports Nation. We just talked about Kyle Van Noy. Now let's get the update on Ziggy Ansah, who was drafted fifth overall in the first round by the Lions back in 2013. He was a Rookie of the Year candidate that year, Tim. And again, while he had some statistical drop-off last year, received high praise, it seemed like week in and week out, from his head coach, Jim Caldwell. So with... Pretty good back-to-back seasons to open his NFL campaign. What are the expectations for Ziggy on the defensive line this year? Huge. I mean, really, really huge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, you mentioned eight sacks as a, as a rookie, led all rookies in that category. And he had seven and a half last year, which I wouldn't consider a huge decrease, you know, a little bit, but um, they're expecting double-digit sacks from Ziggy. I mean, you guys know how athletically gifted he is. I mean, this guy's 6'5", 270 pounds, and runs a 200 and in 20 under 22 seconds and 110 something. I mean, the guy is just a freak. And so, as you guys know as well, he started football late in his career. And so, when he got to this level, look, he had to learn how to be a pass rusher. Like, he got away at BYU and, and even his rookie year on just being a physical freak. But the thing about this level is guy study and guy study film. And if you show a weakness, um, it's people's job to figure that out and, and, and find a way to stop you. And so I think, you know, Ziggy has evolved into being more of a pass rusher to go along with those terrific physical skills. And so, um, you know, the, the, really, I think the, the, the future is really bright for Ziggy. I think the Lions are expecting him to be a double-digit sack guy. They're expecting him to become one of the elite pass rushers in this league. Uh, I'm talking about 15, 16, 17 sack kind of guy consistently every year. And so that's the expectation. And I talked to Ziggy in the offseason. He said, look, my goal is simple. I want to be the best at my position. I think that's a terrific attitude for a third-year player to have, especially guys gifted to Tias. So the, the Lions lost in Dominican Sioux, Nick Farley, but you also, but they also brought on Haloti Nada uh, on the defensive line. How will that help or hurt Ziggy's performance on the field this year? Well, well, I think the big thing that Indomitian did was was he commanded the double team. Um, you know, you always look at that opposite defensive tackle to the defensive end. You know, with with how they do stunts and, and some different package rushes they do. That's an important position to look at. The opposite defensive tackle that plays that defensive end, especially in Terrell Austin's scheme. And so, you know, I think Ziggy certainly benefited from Indomitian because he saw a lot of one-on-ones. When they were going to chip, they were probably going to chip that middle and, and keep an eye on Indomitian. And so um, I think that opened up some opportunities for Ziggy. But I think Haloti's going to do a similar thing. You know, he's going to be um, that kind of double-team you know, guy who, who um, you know, is going to occupy some blockers is going to allow Ziggy to do some one-on-one things. But um, I think teams are going to have an eye on Ziggy where they didn't as much in the past because of Indomitian. So he's got to prove that, that – 
Um, you know, he can be a dominant force. He can get by some of the chips and maybe some of the double teams he's going to see. But I think he's certainly going to benefit from holding out just as he did in Namakazu. And, and, and uh, he's going to get his fair share of one-on-one matchups. Talking with Tim Twentyman, insider for the Detroit Lions. Looking at a second playoff appearance in a four-year span, uh, obviously the Lions want to get back to the postseason, but the next step is, is winning a game. Is this a team right now with everybody that they bring back that could potentially make a deep run in the NFL playoffs, or are they still a year or two away? You know, I think they're certainly viewing it as win now. Um, you look at you know, bring back 18 starters. They got nine starters back on the number two overall defense in the league. Um, you know, and they replaced a four-time Pro Bowler in Adamagan Sue with a five-time Pro Bowler in Haloti Nada. So defensively, they feel they're going to be uh, just as strong as they were last year. And then offensively, you have to just think that they're going to be better year two in Joe Lombardi's system. Um, they retooled and kind of revamped. They got younger and more athletic on the offensive line. They expect that unit to be better. So, look, if they can continue to have a top-ten defense, and they expect this offense now in year two with the comfort level and everything that goes with that and, and some of the pieces that they've added on that side of the ball to be, you know, a top-ten-ish type offense as well, um, they think they can be right there. You know, they think they can be a 10, 11 win, win team. And, um, I think the goal this year, instead of having to go on the road in the playoffs is to win that division, get yourself a home playoff game, get by Green Bay, um, and then see what happens. And, and I think that's the goal. And I think it's certainly obtainable despite the very tough schedule that the Lions have. So we'll have to see how that factors into it as well. Tim, great stuff. We appreciate the insight into what's going on in Detroit and I look forward to, an intriguing month of camp leading up to what we hope is an even more intriguing season. Thanks for the time. It should be fun, guys, anytime. Follow him at T20man on the Twitter machine. Detroit Lions insider Tim Twentyman just told us that Ziggy Ansa, in some coaches' eyes in Detroit, He's the guy. Has is to be a the guy. guy that they want to be for sure double-digit sacks every year, maybe as many as 15 or 16 in a season. Why not 17? That might lead the league. With Ziggy leading the league, is that a reality? They think it is. They think that it is. I think so. What's the ceiling for a guy that's only played football for like five years? (laughs) I have no idea. What's the greatest football play in BYU football independence? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan live from Studio B on a Monday. Did you miss our interview earlier with Uncle B or Tim Twentyman? No worries. Go to YouTube.com forward slash BYU TV Sports to watch all of our interviews on the show. Which BYU undrafted rookie is your underdog pick to make a 53-man NFL roster in 2015? Right. To nobody's surprise. We're all over the map. <laughs> we are. I mean, we're taking Paul out of the mix because we all think Paul will, at worst, make the practice squad right. in the Arizona Cardinals organization. You say Rob Daniel with the Raiders. I said Devin Mahina with the Redskins. Blaine Fowler says Jordan Leslie with the Vikings. Now, for me, my thing is the, the Vikings situation is strange, but I think Jordan's going to end up on a practice squad somewhere. 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 Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be in Minnesota, but somewhere. Because he, he, had, he, had, he told us that he had a few other teams that were interested. And I even saw something where he had wanted to initially go to Kansas City. So, um, you know, obviously based off of – other teams that wanted him and how their camp unfolds with their receiving with their receiver receiving core, he potentially could land a spot like you said. Yeah, I, I don't know. And he's battling a numbers thing. 
There are 11 receivers currently on their Minnesota Vikings roster, and they're talking about keeping five, maybe six. Mm-hmm. If they keep six, then, yeah, the, the odds of Jordan potentially getting there it goes up. But it, it's still, it's just, it's a number stick. Is there logistics play a more prominent role than anything else, than talent, than experience, trust? I mean, I had a small fraction of this. In the CFL on a much, much lower level, you know, not a lot of money, it's just CFL. And I remember getting cut three, four times the year I played because, you know, a lineman or a running back got hurt. And so they had to make a room for a practice roster. And you go back and forth from uh, the IR to uh, the, the pub list. I mean, it's, it's, it's all numbers. It has nothing to do with your performance. That's just one of the great debates happening on BYU Sports Nation on a Monday. The second is something that we are unveiling after hours and hours of hard yes. work. No, seriously, there there was some some <laughs> sincere thought and and time that went into putting this together. But this is the first ever BYU Sports Nation special bracket being released. We have compiled the top 16 plays of independence for BYU football. So over the last 4 years, the top 16 plays throughout the month of August. BYUS and inviting fans to vote on this 16-play bracket tournament and what they think is the greatest play for BYU football as an Indy. The plays with the most votes naturally win those matchups and advance to the next round. To get involved, simply watch the videos on BYUtv.org and vote for the best play in each matchup. We are tweeting out the link to that 16-play bracket right now on our BYU Sports Nation account. Again, you can find it on the homepage under the blog section on BYUtv.org. It is the top-listed blog right now. Or you can follow the link that we are tweeting out at BYU Sports Nation. Some of these matchups are so fun. This is, this is interesting because... This always when you when you are going head to head with plays, you have to look at the entire situation, or at least I do. When I when I judge and, and I vote, I say, okay, what what happened in the play, right? What made it great? Can this be on an ESPN top ten? Did play? it determine a win? Wait, see, yeah, yeah. See, well, this is the first thing. Could this play be on on ESPN top ten? Meaning, it, athletically, that's all we're looking at. We're not looking at anything else. Was it that great of a play? Then two, what was the meaning behind the play? Was it yeah? Was there a win behind the game? Was that did that specific play uh, get them get get a team a first down or a game winning? Whatever the case is, so there's a lot of things that that go into it. Where I judge, so interesting to see how these these play out. I could say this right now: the leap of faith. The leap of faith is your pick to win it. I, I I think so, man. That's the number three seed in this sixteen team or sixteen play bracket. But the, the Taysom that, Hill that, leap of faith. That that is that that is just athletic, <laughs> straight pure athletic talent right there and ability against a, a top tier team. Maybe not, I'm not talking about as far as the, their overall record. I'm talking about the talent level. Talent on talent. You know what I mean? That that play is up there for me. Four years of independence. What is the greatest play? You can vote for that on BYUtv.org right now. But not before we remind you that the next opportunity to make a great play in independence is just about a month away. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 33 days. 
Nice. You're almost on key with me, dude. You're almost what? on no, key. No, you're almost on key with me. Oh, please. Yeah. yeah. 33 days, BYU, 33 Nebraska. 33 days. <laughs> oh, okay. You extend your A a little bit. I got you. <laughs> J- me and Jaren were just boom to the point. You know, we go no, hard, go fast. I don't. I don't. I don't I just, it's okay. I get it now. It was you a know, remix. Two minute, you know, four minute offense, not two minute. BYU football is 33 days away from an actual football game. All things relevant within BYUSN up next in the whip. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. Now watch me whip it. 24-7 sports reported over the weekend that Paul Asike not only has a good chance to make the Cardinals 53-man roster, but also has a great potential to start in 2015. Football. Taysom Hill is tied for 81st in ESPN's top players, top 100 players for the 2015 season. Also, pick six previews has BYU at number 40 on their top 40 board among college football programs for the upcoming season. Baseball. Uh, watch me whip it. Adam Law went one for three with a walk, stolen base, a run, and RBI in a 4-3 Tulsa Drillers loss against the Arkansas Travelers. Now watch me, Nene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. As we went. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Hunt when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to Ziggy Ansa after we talked to Lions insider Tim Twentyman. Apparently, Zig's doing some crazy things up there because the coach's expectations, in his words, are huge. Huge. They expect double-digit sacks this season up to 15, maybe 16. Why why stop there? 17, 18, 19, 20. Good luck, Zig, with the Detroit Lions. Which BYU undrafted rookie is your underdog pick to make a 53-man NFL roster in 2015? Our elite tweet of the day. Comes from at CJ America 11. Paul Lasique, rough and tough rugby mentality, less competition at fullback. There are only two in camp. We learned that from Paul. Right. And an amazing accent to boot. <laughs> that probably has nothing nice. to do with it. Hey, thanks to all of our guests Tim Twentyman, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan for joining me. The conversation continues 24 7 on Twitter. Shout out to Tim Nowatsky. Our show is on demand. That's